Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. And we're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Session Podcast. And I've got the most amazing guest with you today. I've got the wonderful Nick McCann. Nick, how are you doing, brother? Oh, Should we you, high mate. five to I'm start? I'm very well, I'm very well. Well, is it safe to do that? Or? Oh. No, I don't know. We, we should have an E.T. moment next time. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, honestly, man, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've had you on here before. Yes, yes. That was a, that was a good and time. A, uh, it know, didn't look that nice in I, here last time. Yeah. You know? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. It was that's lovely. why like, I ruined the footage, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, oh, it looks rubbish in here. I'm going to redo that. I'll just tell him it's all broke. <laughs> no, you know, I was really excited. I've like bought these buses, uh, doing other bits, doing gigs and things like that. And I was like, right, start a podcast. I did not know what I was doing. Yeah, I'm going to be fine, honest. And then Nick McCann, I got back, I looked at the footage and I just put us both in slow man. <laughs> now there's probably some genius out there listening to this now that's like, yeah, but you could have saved all that. But Yeah, but I, where were they at the time? Yeah, where, Come on, <laughs> where were you, not man, here. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be honest, mate, I just had a little strop, a tantrum, and I was just like, I'm going to have to have to delete it and tell him on a later date. So It's okay. Well, thank you for having me back. I do mate, appreciate it. Mate, I'm so it. happy you're back. Thank <laughs> you for allowing my stupidity. Allowing. To <laughs> now, Nick... Uh, I've just got so much love, so much respect for you. Honestly, brother, you're a teacher, you're a philosopher, yeah, <laughs> you're you. a performer, you've done some poetry in your time, you're absolutely, you're a wizard on guitar, all these amazing things, and I just love you, so thank you for being here. Oh, do, you have a, you, do you have a favourite out of all that? Do you have anything you really want to give more time to than others? Or um, I, I'd like to try and spread it out equally, if possible, um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Just give give the audience like a list of the things and projects that you've got on oh at the minute. Day. What <laughs> have we got on at the minute? Okay, so uh, <laughs> band-wise, there's probably, what is there? There's three active bands, uh, hopefully four soon. Um, so I've got a rock covers band that's out there pretty much all the time. Shout out to No Danger. Uh, Bruce Springsteen tribute. So shout out to Bruce Springsteen and the DE Street Band. And then a shout out to Addictive Philosophy, which is the newest one I've been kind of session working with. And Nick, like you've not told me about this, mate. Oh, they're amazing. They really are. Uh, if you want to check them out, we're actually playing with Unknown Era on the 24th of April Ooh. in Nottingham. So, oh, mate, I yeah, love that you've saved into the podcast mate. to tell me this. Cause <laughs> I've just had a big come up there. No, it's exciting. <laughs> My head just went, woof, I'm going to be there. But yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. Man. Really cool. So they're like uh, Anico, Scar, Punk craziness wow well, who can awesome. ask i mean the members might so not. it's um gets addictive so sophie's oh, wow, okay. it's his band that he's been running for years and amazing they're getting it back up and running again he's asked me to be one of the members so oh I'm wow like, man very nice this is so very exciting nice. <laughs> amazing times so you've got all this yeah and then you're in schools yes how's that going schools are going really well um four schools at the minute all primary school levels uh, which is great i love working with kids they're amazing to teach <laughs> and it's nice to um, I kind of push them, not push the music on them, but give them a bit more music before they go to secondary school. Because my hope is, you know, one day some of these kids are going to continue, maybe not necessarily doing what I'm doing, but maybe like they've got the guitar in their life forever mm. and they've got that little bit of creative outlet at any time they want or something. So, did you have like an amazing mentor when you were at school then? Because is that what like pushed you on to want to do what you're doing? Or? Yeah, it's well, it was weird. I didn't really start playing until I was 
11, 12. Wow, okay. So that's um, quite late on, really. For it is, realistically, yeah. compared to like the ages I'm teaching, because um, some of them are as young as like six years old. I mean, my dad started cool. at 50, so you know, yeah, <laughs> he can start It's never too late, point, man. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so 11, 12, my parents got me my first electric guitar. I was like, I want to I wanna do this. And had lessons with my dad for the first couple of years, you know, which... Even he'll admit it had its pros and it had its cons. You know, <laughs> like I love him to pieces, but um, and he's a really good teacher for other people. But you know that whole family vibe kind of gets in the really way. Really hard, isn't it? It's yeah. like because you don't want to admit your family know more than you about something sometimes as well. So you're sort of like, I know what I'm doing, Dad. Give yeah, me that. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I, I owe him everything. I wouldn't yeah. be doing what I do now without him because not only did he he teach me, he supported me when I was in school and on my first bands. Like the, I don't know better part of 10 years maybe he was driving my bands around supplying the equipment doing the sound helping run the gigs and everything I uh, even now he'll come to as many gigs as he can and support me uh, I just, do notice that when I go around to yours and I've been around many a time to do yeah. some music and things but just the the lovely atmosphere and the vibe that you two have together is so strong and w would he always doing guitars and music and things like that or yeah he was doing it um he was going out around pubs and stuff when he was younger in Scotland and everything. And then it's only really been kind of the last few years he's not done as much. So but every okay. now and again, we get a cheeky little jam in. At an open I love mic it when you start like, playing yeah. like with each other on a... I've been to the Holly Bush and I've seen you yeah, both like, jamming down there and it's been amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. such a nice vibe. I went um, filming the other day and uh, this guy, Tom Grant, uh, for one of his sessions, he was uh, releasing a single. Nice. And uh, at the very end, he got his dad up um, and no they way. sang Angels, Robbie Williams together. Oh. And I'm genuinely, I'm filming this thing and I'm starting to, like, tears <laughs> are coming down my face. And I'm just like, they're hugging. He's just like saying, oh, I'm so proud of you. And then he's saying, Dad, I couldn't do this without you. And all the bond there was just so strong. And yeah, I see that in when you play. I see that dads are just cool, aren't they? They are, man. They really, really are. Inspire. I, I'd love like, watching you and your dad interact. Like Your dad is <laughs> one of the coolest people. He is. And a, everyone who knows you and knows him. He's, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you're very much like each other at times. but yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And again, that can have its pros and cons, like we yeah. all say. So, Nick, when you're doing all these, that, like you've got uh, all your gigs you're doing, you've got your schools, you've got your kids, you've got your whole family... Yeah. How are you juggling, man? Like, I I know I don't get to see you much, <laughs> and that, I just love it because I'm can't. I just love it because I hate you. No. Yeah, yeah, I love it. No, I don't I, see you anymore. I like, just, what the? I just know you're doing your thing. I see you from afar, social media. See you and all these things. And I'm like, yeah, he's he's doing good. He's doing what he wanted to do. Something you set out, but I do wonder how the how on earth do you do it all? How on earth am I doing it? Well, I'll be <laughs> honest, mate. I would like to know that as well. <laughs> so I'm not even joking. Um, it's. It is a challenge. Um, sometimes, sometimes it feels a lot harder than it is. But most of that comes from just insane sleep deprivation. Sometimes, mm. and I, I've got it nowhere near as bad as Molly's got it. You know, because I I do get a little bit more sleep than her. But it's it is crazy at times. But there's a way to do it, and I find out a way to do it. You just got to take every day as it comes. And at the end of the day, those three now come first before everything. Mm. So like, if something's going on at home that needs to be dealt with, then I do have to put everything else on hold. Wow, uh, okay. In the first few months, like, well, the last few months of last year, I was very strict on the amount of work I was taking in, very strict on my gigs and everything like that. So I was just like, I need to, I need to be there for them, obviously. Of course, yeah. And now it's at a point where it's just starting to level out. 
mm-hmm. pretty nice. It's <laughs> just starting to level out. There's there's so much more to come in every aspect of my life, but it's just starting to get to a point where I'm I'm coping with it and things are getting a little bit easier. Because uh, again, you they always say like there's no perfect time to have a, a child, start a family, do all these things. I suppose it is a, just a learning process as yeah, you yeah. get into it, and then you know you you have all these built up ideas before of I'll never be able to do my projects again. I'll never be able to gig. I never be able to do any of these things, but I suppose as maybe you've learnt now, you've just done it on the spot in the moment you've yeah, worked it all out. I think it's that. kind of one realization that I had was if I'd not gone self-employed before the kids came along, then I wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like if I was trying to work a normal job, you know, yeah, even yeah. if it was my last care assistant job, I was I was maybe doing seven days, seven days, eight days a month spread out over the month. But even then, I know full well I wouldn't be doing guitar because mm. I'd just be, you know, you go out, you do your normal job. Most people are doing like nine to five on a Monday. And I've got so much respect for those mums and dads who can do it. But then they're coming home in the evening, then having the kids and then they're just going to sleep, getting up, going to work. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, I can see why people don't have their time. So thankfully, I've managed to stay self-employed. I'm going to keep staying self-employed for as long as possible. Uh, <laughs> and I do find every now and again, I get a little moment. Like the other day, I had a little moment where I had kind of two hours to myself, where you know the kids were asleep, and you know that must be the most doing a thing exciting and I like, time. I got the like, guitar, <laughs> yeah. And it was literally I got the guitar, and I actually started creating something, and I was like, that, "That's nice. That's really nice to get that out." There. I mean, <laughs> so. Nick, we are we're on the back of the bus sessions, <laughs> old farm bus podcast. Could we hear a little exclusive? A of little that, exclusive. That thing? Uh, or if not an exclusive of that, maybe a little like a little something you've got. Because I, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not watching, Nick's bought his guitar in. So I was very excited when that <laughs> came out of the bag. <laughs> you're always excited when I get it out of the bag. Yeah. So. <laughs> PG Nick, PG now, Jake. <laughs> don't change my words. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if yeah, I'll give you a, a quick little, little a spin of it, trying to figure out. I usually have a loop pedal for it, so this will be interesting. Uh, anymore because i need like tons of layers and stuff honestly uh, man out yeah. of all these things that we say you're up to and you're doing i really miss seeing you and i've really missed that <laughs> <laughs> bless you man thank you very I'm, much I, i'm gonna employ you one day to just do me lullabies to bed that's uh, fine that's fine i can do that the stress okay. of the world that is at the minute and <laughs> the coronavirus and all these things going on i'm just nick i can't sleep <laughs> <laughs> get over here <laughs> so you know you you brought out last year or was it the start of this year? Sorry if I'm got this wrong, but um, you brought out a mixtape, uh, an an album. Oh, uh, the, back in al- October, October yes. last year that was amazing. Yeah. How did that do? And is there number two on its way? Uh, how did it do? <laughs> it did as well as I predicted, um, in a sense of the people that I know would listen to it have listened to it. However, I did actually go out and put it on Spotify and everything. It has. It's had quite a few plays. Which oh, I'm mate, I've been listening to it. Yeah, no, that. it's, yeah, it's mostly you then, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's been really nice. I had a good reception. So I, I did the release gig at, um, 
one of the Thrive events. So shout out to Simon Jones. Yes, uh, bless for letting me do the EP launch there. And I did like a 20 minute spot where I kind of just blended two of the tracks into one big performance. And then I managed to sell a couple of CDs that day. I just people were dead, you know, dead appreciative. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. You know? Where did it come from? I knew uh, it was a real like time in your life where so many changes were happening i bet the music just come from nowhere it, it was literally kind of like that i kind of i started doing the the bass loops for most of the tracks and i was like well i need to i wanted to get it done um before august because i knew come august you know everything's going to change i need to focus on you know the two kids now rather than just the one so it was like i need to get it finished or at least to a point where it was recorded and you know ready to just be worked on a little bit and then put out but the music I don't know. I think I bashed out most of them songs over the course of maybe two days in total. Wow. I just had them down. And they just, like you say, they did just come out of nowhere. They just kind of flowed out of me. And I kind of thought, I either thought about, like, you know, the family or where I was in my life. Or the music came first. And then it made me think of what it was going to be about, which inspired all the titles and stuff. Mm. And it was just really therapeutic to get it out there. And I was like, oh. I mean, if people haven't listened to your music yet on Spotify, mm-hmm. Nick McCann. Nick McCann on Spotify, Please do, because yes. it, it takes you on a genuine journey. And it's something, you know, as a lyricist, I take people so far, or this is what's going on in my head. But if, to me, there is something other that instrumental does to you. Mm. They, they create their own story up, or they, you know, people listening just get this extra feeling because they can make it all for themselves. Is that something you get when you listen to other people's instrumentals or you do it for yourself? Yeah. I love that process, man. Just watching you on a stage and you're gone. It must be, I've never really experienced that. And that seems like a really exciting feeling. <laughs> it is. It's like, um, it's almost like being in a bubble. Mm. Like I kind of, maybe in a selfish way I kind of like get up on stage and I do it and I get so locked into myself and what I'm doing Mm. that it's kind of like sometimes I forget the performance aspect Mm. of it and I because I just love playing guitar at the end of the day it's not that's what makes it better yeah Yeah. everybody says it's really cool like the most common thing I hear is people say oh you get lost in your music Mm. and that's amazing Mm. to see that's really nice that people appreciate that I think sometimes I might just be a bit (laughs) self-indulgent about milking it a little bit uh, but yeah, the instrumental side of things has always fascinated me. Um, not just like standard instrumental guitar stuff, like classical music is just amazing. Because mm. we had so many years, like countless years of classical composers, where classical music was the thing. You know, people, the rich would go out and watch classical concerts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no lyrics, you know, not really before the opera came along. Yeah. So, whereas now everything is, bu- is about the lyrics and if you tell people you're instrumental they're a bit like oh where, where's the words and it's like well you don't need the words you don't mm. need the words for the music that's the point so yeah uh, some people do need to be fed things don't they yeah and <laughs> which i understand people. i do understand that yeah um, but I, and again it's all down to preference and it's all subjective on what people's tastes are and what they're into as as a doing a spoken word and poetry getting on a stage and you can either get an audience that are like beautiful silence and you're just talking to them and that feeling there of being listened to and understood that's quite powerful Uh, but you know going to other gigs and people talking it doesn't take much to disrupt it and make it quite tricky and you know talking over talking is just like one of the most confusing 
uh, not pleasant for the ears experiences you can go for. Whereas either you get you on a stage and you can have, again, people just listen electrically and there's this vibe created. Or, you know, people are still talking, but you're just creating a nice atmosphere to be in as well. It, you're in a win-win in my eyes when I oh, watch it. Because even <laughs> when people you. are chatting, you can't, you can't lose with that because it's in a nice environment. People are just having either their over own conversations or talking about how good you are. <laughs> but it just seems like a great thing to be in. So that's why I look at guitar and I'm like, I think I need one of those <laughs> to really get into it one day. And like you say, you're never, never too too old never too old to start never too old. it's never too late in life uh, at the end of the day just you know just practice yeah so that's all it takes is there anything at the minute in your life where you think i could give that a go i could pick that up because you know what it takes to learn something so yeah so i am i'm really excited to try and work on my vocals at some point okay uh, so i've heard your vocals man they're decent well thank you man i'm still uh, it not was 100% with, your dad, with you them performing. yes yeah it would have been so i've got that kind of traditional sex pistol song lockdown which is pretty nice uh, but i had a little jamming session mini singing lesson with molly and we figured out like i've got if i work on it i've got something like a three octave range okay. on my vocals amazing and she says obviously if i practice if i actually put the effort in you know i could sing so i guess that's really the next phase because i'm fine i'm typically i've done instrumentals for so long I'm kind of now feeling uh, I want to do a little bit more singing and stuff, mm. a little bit more vocal work, just to give me something. New and again, range, if I new can, skill. yeah, and if I can come up with like a vocal melody that I can then sort of mimic on the guitar type thing, it'd be pretty cool. You know, it's it's quite interesting uh, when musicians and singers adopt a. It's kind of contrived, but adopt like a voice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you've got Paolo Nettini who sings yeah. down here. Yeah, Brucey picked up a vo like people adopt this um this voice. Do you have one when you sing, or do you just would you say you're Nick when you sing? Uh, <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I kind of <laughs> said I'm Nick, but that's because I don't sing a lot, so yeah, I don't really yeah. know what I'm doing. Um, Traditionally, every now and again, you know, I'll adopt that American accent while I'm singing. Of course, yeah. Like, we, I mean, you know, we trying to do some bars and stuff and like you know, that all comes yeah. out. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's really hard, and obviously, it's it's hard for anybody when you're trying to learn to sing to find your voice because all mm. you know is what you hear, so you're trying to imitate it. And then for me, I'm like, the guitar's been my voice for so long. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's there's there's a lot of nerves. I'm obviously. so excited to hear like, it when oh. it does come out. Well, do you we'll think see. you'll I'll, do like an EP? Um, I don't know about that. I think it was more a case of after doing open mics for so long, mm. uh, I feel that every now and again, if I'm doing a little open mic set, just chucking the odd cover song or something, or you know, if I'm doing one of my own sets, like try and do like a loop pedal cover of something like that. Um, Creative-wise, I'm going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes either. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I've got to learn how to sing first. Yeah, oh, I've got mate, to actually I'll, try. <laughs> I feel something brewing anyway, which is quite exciting. Hopefully, we'll, maybe there'll be a collaboration. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> feel like I'm forcing some stuff out here. So have you got anything else in the pipeline for just Nick's solo projects? Or is it all the band stuff at the minute? Uh, it's mostly the band stuff. There's been... I've had two two creative sessions this year i've got one track that is kind of roughly demoed type mm -hmm. thing i've got the the skeleton design of it like start to finish i know what's going where it just needs working on and then i've got the new thing that i'm working on at the minute i'm not i'm not rushing it yeah yeah, yeah. i want to i've done the ep i want the next thing that i do to be bigger 
Mm. I just want it to be bigger. I want it to be different. I want it to be a full band on the album, basically. So I'm like working on Logic and working on my bass playing and stuff and like trying to get stuff laid down for that part. Are you still doing the filming as well? I've seen you've been doing that a bit and working with Adair Vid. I am. uh, I'm I'm falling a little bit behind on my editing sometimes. You are allowed to. (laughs) Honestly, I don't take this lightly when I say you're doing a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot of filming going on. I'm still doing uh, Talbot Acoustic Nights, so last Wednesday of every month at the Talbot in Ripley. That's still happening. Excellent. Um, We filmed the acts on there and then putting the videos on the youtube channel and stuff and idiovid shout out to them jamie absolutely amazing lends me all the gear that i want is letting me try stuff he's teaching me little bits here and there so yeah trying to just do that little bit of everything so i, I love it man i think that's great going. that's a a real nice ethos and attitude though you know people for me anyway if i just go i'm a poet hmm. and label myself that and sit at just being a poet then it gives me a lot of pressure to keep creating poems and yeah. keep writing. And when you've got all that pressure mounting up, it sometimes your writing, again, becomes quite contrived. You don't write your best stuff. I panic. I'm like, I need to be a poet. But then if you start adding in these plates, I think I spoke about this on a, a last podcast a little bit, it takes the pressure away from other aspects of that life. And, you know, do a bit of filming now. Started to do... Uh, the buses, yeah, things man. like that. And it's it's taken the pressure away of that one thing and that energy expenditure goes into trying new skills and trying new things and meeting people and living life. And then when I go back to poetry, I'm sort of like, oh, I've got stories again to yeah, tell. Exactly, it, yeah, exactly. You're trying life to find something to you know, drive it from, aren't you? And even when it's not the creative side and stuff, like you've got your family and things at the minute, having them times away and spending that makes you thirsty for going back to doing what you love. Yeah. So you see, like seeing you from afar at the minute seems like you really are learning that balancing act and doing that well. Would you say so yourself? I'm definitely learning. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'll say learning. I'm learning. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, doing it well. Yeah. yeah. It's not, nothing's going wrong. That's no, thankfully. Right. I, just, you know, I'm really, I, I no think touch I would reiterate yeah. these points just because I, I want to learn myself. So I'm yeah. <laughs> like, he's doing it. I know. I've noticed a secret out there. <laughs> <laughs> there is just got to do it, man. You just got to do it. If anything, I've learned from you recently. Like watching all your filming and stuff. You've just gone from, yeah, guys, I'm going to get this camera. I'm going to do some little shots to. to Oh, thank you. You know your editing software. You put together these amazing shots. uh. Well, it's another one of them, like, getting lost in it moments. You just, you know when something's for you. You know when that's what you need to be doing, regardless of what people say, what anybody puts forward to you. It's like, no, this is my thing, because I've got the the belief in this uh, i suppose there was one day recently where chrissy's g- gone to school work and i um, got up with her and that's early yeah, <laughs> way <man>. too early <laughs> and i just go and start doing these edits and then suddenly like she's home and i'm just like oh my what? god like, it, that, like... <laughs> that means it should be like four or five o'clock and i'm like i've not left this spot <laughs> but genuinely there was no concept of time in there it just felt like I could have done another few hours, but I was like, okay, I need to go to the gym now or something. I feel so good. Yeah, I need to eat. You know, I need to look after myself. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that, man. I do. I just genuinely love doing it at the minute. It's such a. I can tell, man. I can tell. Seeing people uh, come back to you with like really kind response after you've done a film for them, it's one of the most rewarding feelings. Yeah. So your schools, 
schools, How long have you man. been doing school? Are you with four schools now? Four different primary schools. How does it area. work, all of it? How does it work? <laughs> well, so, 20-minute um, sessions per student. Uh, I do Monday afternoons, I do all day Thursday, I do Friday morning and Friday afternoon. It's a really cool little setup. Um, I started kind of just teaching little bits and bobs when I first went into schools because I'm still finding my feet, figuring out what kids are capable of, finding out which kids want to practice and which kids want to hmm. just come and mess about. So, yeah. Uh, and this past year, I've started working on my own little kids rock guitar course, which wow. you know I'm looking at releasing hopefully by the end of this year, uh, which is a little kind of eight bar exercise each week. And it starts off, you go through the individual strings and then we need to kind of do chords after that and there's a little bit of lead guitar stuff and just little bits of technique but what i do is it's like a 20 minute lesson and you have the exercise which roughly takes about five to ten minutes to teach and explain and that gives 10 minutes to sort of work on it and stuff and then i send them home with that you know obviously the piece of paper so they don't forget it yeah. but i also do a video lesson to accompany it so they've got a little video of me demonstrating it again mm. which if they then use it in between the lessons speeds up their process basically and you know because of the way technology is moving forward now um kids are much more receptive to yes, videos yeah. at the end of the day so yeah and it's also it would mean that i could then release it and not have to actually physically go to work if that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean you're you working online. but yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but then i've got something that works for me and so i can do like package deals on it and everything i i, I really do believe this is the way education is turning and mm. spinning there might still need to be places to go but just because there's so much access yeah. to information to learning research i mean i'm on youtube tutorials every day yeah, and there's just thousands of them on anything you could want everything right. you could ever need uh so we are we're at strange times at the minute you know we've learned for so long you go to this place and you you sit down all together learning a certain way however that teacher chooses you to learn yeah. and this is how we do it but i think it's going in the right way because you've got 30 students in that class that all learn completely differently and to be able to go online and access that way of learning that suits them the best is just like yeah, it's gonna exactly. suit everyone so much more but then that makes the field uh that we're in difficult at the minute as well because we're not no there's a good and a bad yeah like, you know we can use that to our advantage but then everybody's doing it finding the right stuff for you things like that so i suppose one thing that why AI isn't going to take us um, it all away from us is personality for me. And yeah. you have one of the coolest, best personalities. And if I was a yeah, a that child, kids remember that when you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a if I was a primary school kid and I was listening and going to see Nick, it wouldn't just be to learn the guitar, but it'd be to have a tutor to to be around a nice energy. That's one thing that sort of keeps us uh unique and different yeah. as, a, as a teacher and a species at the minute. you've got to be able to engage with people and it's like i find it really easy to engage with primary school kids because everything's fascinating mm. and everything's cool and it's like all you've got to do is just you know be a child with yeah them. you know obviously and don't do th be a complete do child but <laughs> your product which i say your product is you mm. i see i go into schools and i say you're not watching somebody say be a poet i'm just saying this is somebody that's got a passion try and imagine having a passion let's work on that yeah um do you think your product of nick would be taken away by not having 
face-to-face sessions as much or do you know or can you give that to the i, I think i could i think every now and again there would need to be some sort of face-to-face thing mm. like the odd online thing just because uh we're still at that point where human connection is ridiculously important mm. but I, i'm confident that i could portray that across in a video mm. in theory because again it's thankfully i've had a few years teaching experience now so it's kind of just you know you are visualized that the student is there yeah yeah so you know the way they work the way they might not work and then it's just you know make it fun and entertaining yeah like i'm always chucking in like stupid little jokes and things like you know <laughs> i'm teaching quavers and i'm talking about crisps and things like that and yeah, that's the yeah, sort of yeah, thing I that kids engage with so, you know, like <laughs> so when you see one of your students just comes on so much like you've give them a lesson you've sent them away for a week they come back and they've absolutely smashed it i bet oh, that's the mate, best feeling it isn't is it? incredible i've got there's a handful of them that are really you know they're really gonna go somewhere with it and they're all different ages as well which is really cool um there's like a couple of young ones in the primary school and then there's a couple of teenage ones and then even one of the adult ones it's just really they're taking it away they're working on it they're listening to what i say you know they're making notes in the lesson and everything it's just like wow nick would you just press that red button on the uh there's it we found the red button for people that are listening to this we are also filming it it'll be on youtube but I have a DCLR camera that turns itself off. So Nick's just saved the day. And it's back on. It's back on, baby. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) knock it over this time. (laughs) But yeah, seeing people excel is just amazing. Because it's like, I want to give people, like I say, I want to give people music. Because it's so important to me. And I think it's really important to have a creative outlet. Um, And it's just nice to have something that you can just go to at any point in the day. Because if you play guitar or any instrument, if you're in a good mood, you pick it up, it's amazing. Mm. If you're in a bad mood, you can pick it up, it can still be amazing. Yeah. Because it's just therapeutic. <laughs> it's giving that yeah. emotion to the music, isn't it? Yeah. If whatever reflective state you're in, music will always be able to help you channel that, bring that out, and the best stuff can be produced in the worst states you're in or the best states you're in. Definitely. Music gives that. I, I, I don't think anything else does that as such. Like, suppose when I've, I love sport so much, but if I'm in a bad mind state for sport, if I've not prepped right, I won't perform well. Yeah. I, I, this is only from personal experience, this is. Uh, but for me, like, I'll go to the gym, I'll play football, maybe sometimes in boxing it helps. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I've not prepped myself for that, I just won't perform well, especially in a bad state. But when I'm really low and in a, a bad state and doing some music or lyrics or whatever that is... It just brings the best out of me still when I'm writing it down. And again, in the best state I'm in, I'll write stuff down. I'm like, this is what I want to say. So yeah, music man. seems to be that other. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. I, I do have the uh, the performance aspect. I've had I've had bad gigs. Like I'm not going to lie. Everyone I, has I just want to touch on that, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it must be uh, one thing we can really relate over as artists, like... The best gigs are great, and you know how they feel. But the worst gigs are just soul destroying. Like, where have yeah. you ever ne- nearly been put off performing as a, from a bad gig or anything like that? Nothing that extreme. No. Um, thankfully. Thank um, God. But you know, I've had, I've had gigs where it's all just gone wrong. Like mm. you know, I've had technical failures. I've had you know, uh, guitar breakages, stuff like that. Uh, I forgot what I'm doing every now and again. This is a long time ago. Yeah. I one of the last gigs i did where i thought it was terrible was about two years ago two or three years ago now 
And me and the bass player, we both thought we were terrible. We, like, we were just all over the place. Don't know what had happened. We were just having an off day. And we were like, well, it wasn't the best, but we did it. People enjoyed it. It's okay. And we watched the video footage back, and it was like, I actually want that bad. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of, sometimes you get clouded. Um, like I say, if you're in a bad headspace before, mm. like the smallest thing, you can really, it becomes impossible to get it out of your mind or something. Yeah. So And now it's a case of, I haven't played a perfect gig in a long time. Okay. And that's because I know I am, due to life, I am behind on my practice. I'm not as up to speed as I was, you know, a couple of years ago because I don't physically have the time mm. anymore. I'm trying, <laughs> but I can't remember. Um, I, I've made a few clangers, basically, a couple of wrong chords here and there. But now I'm at the point where I'm not comfortable with it. If I make a mistake, I look at the rest of the band and I'm like, hey, I messed up. It's yeah, funny. yeah. And th then it's fine because then people see you make a mistake. Mm. And although some people might want a polished performance, I think that if you see people make a mistake and then reminds them, you know, Again, not egotistically or anything, but you know, it reminds them that you're just another human being. Yeah, doing human. Anything yeah. can happen. So, you see, I mean, it must be quite a nice state to be in with a band, though, because you know, you make a mistake, somebody smiles at you, you get that affirmation, yeah. you're all like, oh, it's all right, we're in this together. As a solo artist, when you do it, you're the only person you've got is yourself. Yeah, to exactly. To, so you can't like, exactly look in the mirror you're an and idiot. go, no, you're an work. idiot. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. Definitely. So when you've had them perfect gigs, like when oh, when wow. was that? Have you got an anecdote of like a gig where you just walked up and you're like, drop, mic drop, <laughs> I'm bad. I mean, there's been quite a few. Um, no, I, I think I'm going to pick this one and there's there's a there's a deep hearted reason I need to talk about this one and I think you'll understand it. It was the very first Maith Fest and it was the Plasma Tiger debut. Oh no, that's Still even... Power. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the first time. I think we played like 20 minutes or something. We did like three or four songs or something. Yeah. Like a couple of originals and then a Disney medley. And I we think got I on might stage. have got up there with you at this I start. think you did. Um, <laughs> everyone just went crazy for it us. It was incredible. It was, yeah, we, the three of us walked off stage. So shout out to Dathan Horridge and Alex Young, a.k.a. Shruzik and Murtomar, because that was, that was an insane night, that was. Wow. Even I to this day, I can still, like I even now talking about it, I'm like... Yeah, that, you know, that was a gig. I, I don't <laughs> want to throw big, bold statements out there or anything, but I, I sometimes think the, the tiger's going to rise at some point. And, you know, um, we're all doing no, our things. Know, man. You're the I busiest guy ever, and maybe that was just a time in space. In, I think at, some at point, the time, but... it was perfect for everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not no, saying no. yes, I'm not going to say no. It's just so, how things yeah. go, man. You yeah. know, you tried something, this happened X, Y, and Z, but... You know what you're doing now is just incredible. Anyway, like the, the sh what well, I've, I've not been to see you perform this yet, but I've seen like a uh, video. But Bruce Bruce Ru Springs Springsteen, yeah, just yeah. seems to be going so well. It is. It's ha really tell going well. Tell me about that. <laughs> it's um, we've now got like the good band basically because yeah. we started out it was a one-off thing and then we wanted to carry it on. It took us a while to get the right musicians in, so now we've got a, a good solid core of good. Like not good they're great musicians they all know what they're doing they know their instruments inside out they've been playing for long enough and we're just at a point now where we're at that comfortable level like me and the drummer lauren we're just at that level during rehearsals and gigs where it's like constant eye contact we yeah. know what's going on and like we'll chuck in like a little bit of something in the middle of a song like oh we probably shouldn't do because we're a tribute band but yeah uh, but yeah it's a really good band hopefully it's gonna go further i think our next gig is belper goes green 
awesome. playing on the Sunday, so that's at the end of May. If I've got this right, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully this podcast is out before then, So, but if it comes out after, it was a good gig. Yeah. I <laughs> hope. <laughs> Mate, if yeah. it's all right this time and we've got the cameras working <laughs> and we've got this working, this is coming straight out. <laughs> uh, no but yeah, I, I do love that band. Uh, but Sophie, Sophie Sparham, amazing poet amazing creative person this is all her idea she's the driving force behind it and she has come along incredibly as a singer she's 100%. not been doing it that long she's she's learned how to sing she's learned how to be bruce she's got like a grade one in vocals now she's pushing it's herself again somebody else them, learning a new thing another one of them attitudes where you know it might not be uh pitch perfect straight away mm. but then just the tenacity and the belief of just growing it this is what i want to do this is what i enjoy i'm gonna try my best at this moment in time and i'm sure i get better and that yeah. belief and and like no fear i love that like yeah, getting man. up on a stage and just being like no we're gonna grow we're gonna get better and that's something i've really noticed in you guys it's like quite a something I want to look at and go, that's what I need to be doing. I, I had a bit of a time out from stage performance and things like that for whatever reason. Went back home, did some stuff yeah, in yeah. The behind the scenes. But seeing people that are just like, no, I enjoy it. I want to be here and go do it. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, it's inspiring. So thank you for that. Thank you for no, being cool, man. the thank inspiring force. kind words about it. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll tell the band. And yeah. they'll be like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey says. <laughs> 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 that is absolutely amazing. Have you got quite a few gigs lined up with these? Uh, so we've got a couple lined up, one in June, uh, one in May, then I think uh, October. So they're quite well spaced yeah. out, but that gives us a lot of time to try and get a rehearsal in because everybody's a, a working musician. Everybody's in like a thousand different bands. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's helping us work on the set a lot more. Um, it's just... It's nice because we can turn up to rehearsals and even if it's not the full band rehearsal, you know, it's very rare to get them. But everyone's at that point where you can trust that they're going to learn their bit mm. and they're going to come to rehearsal and they're going to know their bit. And even if they don't know their bit 100%, they've listened to the song and everybody else is willing to help. Mm. You know, you're like, oh, it's not that chord there or it's that structure we want to be and, doing. And what so. was the moment it all come together? Did Sophie just had this idea, loved Bruce Springsteen, was a massive fan, yeah. got in touch with um, you. Like, what? Well, how did it grow? And were you a big Springsteen fan? Uh, Spring Springsteen. Springsteen. I, I put it all together now. Like. Uh, you, you must have been a Springsteener. <laughs> I, I, I imagine that must be what his fans are called. Were I you? imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> when, when slip ups work. <laughs> were you? Were you a big uh, Springsteen fan? Or? Um, I was. I wasn't like Sophie's the the diehard hardcore. Yeah. You know, Bruce till I die fan. Awesome. And I knew his stuff like through my dad and through my uncle, but I wasn't. Um, I wasn't as into it as I am now because it was kind of one of them things that I got exposed to and I, I liked a couple of albums and it was really cool stuff and I knew he did good live shows but I didn't know his like back catalogue or anything like mm. that so since being obviously doing this I you know before we got the band together doing all my research reading up on it and all yeah. the band members and that and I was like this guy's just cool yeah. like you know some of his lyrics are like quite really deep Oh mate, he was one of the greatest poets of all time. Yeah, and like, it's genuinely, like... you, I go uh, with a guy called Martin Ellingworth to schools and other places, uh, unis and play, um, lots of places. Yeah, uh, and we'll look at Bruce Springsteen, um, one of his dialogues, not even a, one of his lyric like songs, 
but just a talk that he has on stage and it's literally like the most beautiful piece of poetry just talking to people Uh, and imagine that like thousands and thousands of people he comes on and has this story built up and he tells it pitch perfectly and it's about him and his dad he had an interesting relationship with his dad yeah and they come on and it's about him going to the army and uh, his dad's sort of saying you know they'll go in the army and they'll make a man out of you yeah all he wanted to do was rock but he had this long hair and his dad like one day when he had a a bike accident uh his dad cut his all his hair really short and he hated his dad for that and they just built this not very nice relationship up but then later on at the end of the story he goes for his medical and he fails for what i can't remember the reason and his dad asks him when he comes back like how did you do and the very end bit's like yeah i didn't get in and his dad says, well, that's good. And he adds it like, yeah. he's seen all these people going through terrible things, coming back, not the same people. And yeah, that if, love if was always there. It's all, like, like... Oh, he tells that story and then performs this piece of music. And I'd, again, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. No, it's really powerful stuff. I, yeah, just incredible sometimes. It can really and again, it, it really blew me away because like lyrically, you know, I was fascinated by it. Um, just the words that he was using, the stories that he was telling, it was all really cool. And then musically, it's it ain't simple. Like, mm, there's really? It's very hard to find simple Springsteen songs. Okay. Like, I expect it so all to be like a really like normal chord formation. It's like. really not. Like, oh, wow. Um, okay. So there's, there's a couple of tracks that we do, probably uh, Thunder Road. That's that's my kryptonite in the band. Really? I'm, I'm not even going to hide that anymore. I sti- <laughs> like If we do that at a gig... I am still at that point where I just need that little piece of paper yeah. with the chords on it in front of me. Just because. Because I've, I've practiced it, but it's just one of them songs that I just can't quite get in there yet. Mm. And that's just because it's so well written. And it's When you break it down, theoretically, it's like just basically an F. And it's <laughs> like, okay, I understand that. But it's <laughs> not what F. you <laughs> think it's going to be. Uh, and then like Born to Run and stuff like that, they're just, they're beautiful the way he's put them together. He's really, you can tell he's really thought about him. How many so. songs do you have uh, in your head or Dan that you perform of his? Um, I think we've got enough for, I think it's probably, it's nearly two hours. Two hours set? Yeah, so the goal was to get two 45 minute sets awesome. for Saturday night gigs. But I think we're getting to that point now where we're getting close to the two hour mark. So. And respect to Sophie because he's got a yeah. lot of lyrics in there that <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. He writes so like, much. There's trying to remember all that. So as yeah, well. some it's people like, need to like know. You know, One Direction. You've probably got about fifteen lyrics to remember. Really. Yeah, There's maybe. A lot of <laughs> but he's a storyteller. But I suppose that's a poetry that comes out there. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I just have such a respect for artists with this. Like, play this. Okay, yeah, straight, and they yeah. just pick it out of nowhere. How many songs do you reckon? Could you put a number on how many are in your head that oh you could pull out? Oh my gosh, of? no! You've been in so many bands. No, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'd, I've been playing guitar since. Oh, I well, since I was 12, so I, we've got to be pushing like 16 years of playing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been in, I've been in loads of covers bands. We've done everything from like rock, pop to indie. Hmm. Um, I'm doing all the new stuff now. It's like all the Springsteen stuff. There's uh, the acoustic covers I've done. There's obviously stuff I've learned for myself over mm. the years. Um, there's songs that I'm learning for teaching now. You know. Is there any stuff, yeah, like you say, you've not done 
or you've done a little bit of or anything like that that you think oh, i really want to do that that's that excites me the most uh what for guitar it's probably yeah performance in general yeah probably uh just genre changes now i'm, I'm getting really excited by jazz mm, and uh, classical guitar you need they're to two things that I'm not get in touch with Stingray and the Jazz. Yeah, that yeah, that's it. what I'm thinking, man. I've seen him play. I'm like, yeah, oh, mate, I think them. that'd so. really work, actually. Yeah. Have you have you been in touch with them in any form? No, I've just yeah. seen what I'll you've shared, man. So yeah, so Stingray, if you're listening, man, man, like, come on, if you want to jam, hit me up, yeah. definitely, please, <laughs> please, please, I'll get you on a skin session as well, buddy. Yeah, a hundred percent. What do you think that'll come as? I'd I'd love you to just do your instrumental, actually, but whatever you want to do, I I really want to see it. Well, I mean, like, if I was to come and do something here. I, I would you know I would love to do my instrumental stuff that would be you know, amazing really just you know me and my pedals and I think this maybe a little bit of cheeky floating in space somewhere when yeah. it happens <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that fantastic you know well so. Nick could we hear another little piece from you please because I you know I know we've both got you've got family to get to everything like this I've got a day to do but I would love to hear to something do. from you to, uh, <laughs> to give us a little jig out here trying to think now <laughs> I'm really trying to think oh yeah Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. Fucking out on the bus now. <laughs> long I'd, you play yeah. what you do you get lost in that straight yeah away, I do, it's beautiful to see so. nick i've got a few things on my plate today yeah, i know you've fine, got man. a time go schedule that you so. have to hit so genuinely i love you to pieces man oh, i, I can't wait too, to man. see more of your journey so i'll see you on uh the maith fest pretty soon coming up yeah and so if not then 8th of may 8th of may we've got 8th of May is oh, well, that's book the, uh, launch the book and launch. the 9th of May. Yeah, 9th of May, May Fest. If anybody's listening to this, this Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> We're really listening back to this. But genuinely, uh, back at the bus sessions with Nick McCann, the absolute all-star, beautiful man. Bless you, man. Thank, Thank you, you very much here, for having baby. me. Hopefully see you again. Beautiful. Now, oh. and we're out. <laughs>